Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Branch sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get even softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus 15% off your first order with code Odyssey. So head to b o l l and branch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. High Strange is an eight-part series. If you'd like to binge the whole series right now, ad-free, you can. Subscribe to Tenderfoot Plus on Apple Podcasts. Hey, it's Payne here. We have some really exciting updates for you. The UFO story has not gotten any smaller or quieter. It's gotten a little bit louder, we think. We have some special guests, some new stories you probably haven't heard yet, and a very special announcement about the future of High Strange. But what you can do right now, and I highly suggest you do, is go listen to a new interview that we did with a man named Jeremy Corbell. It's available on my weekly podcast, Talking to Death. It's out right now. Just go search Talking to Death on your podcast app and look for the most recent episode with Jeremy Corbell. And I promise you, it's worth it. Thanks, y'all. God, it's a good song. And he's out of jail now. <laughs> is he? he? He is, yeah. Oh, Gunna. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, when did Metro go to jail? Okay, we're back. We're back. We're back. Out of jail. It's been a minute. Yeah, we're, we're out of jail. Out uh, of jail, straight to space. That's, yeah, that's why it took so long. We've been in jail this whole time. Um, no, we've been in podcast jail, making other podcasts, but trust me when I say... We have never stopped thinking about High Strange because it's one of the most fun shows I think I've ever worked on. Um, now we're back here because one, we've missed you. Two, we've really never stopped talking, thinking about, or researching, or researching, investigating UFO phenomena since we, since episode eight of High Strange, and we've done a couple different things since then, and. We wanted to give you another roundtable episode because it's been so long. A lot's happened since we left off. I feel like a year ago, which is about a year ago now, almost, when the podcast first came out, I feel like the conversations evolved even more like, further past that in a, in a good way, in, in terms of people just being open to the concept of, hey, maybe there's stuff going on that we don't fully understand, and it's okay to look into it. I mean, I can honestly say that since High Strange ended, I have looked, I have researched more than I did during the production of High Strange into UFOs, into aliens, into NHI. I am obsessed <laughs> right. beyond what I was before. Dylan was already obsessed, I think. I'll always be obsessed. Yeah. If any of you could see our text chain for the last eight months oh my since God. we last made this... Nothing, None of you would ever listen to us. Nothing gets right. It's just all conspiracy Kills theory. All conspiracy credibility theory. Of this show. Absolutely. No, no. But nothing gets through the cracks. Nothing slips through the cracks. We see it all. We've seen everything you think that you need to email to us. We have seen it. Right. We have seen. Or it. if you're just a casual listener, you're like, "What the hell are you talking about, man? Tell me something." Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's fair too. Yeah. Because I'm also I'm kind of more in that camp sometimes as well, where you guys send me this stuff, and th there's been some big news stories. I think the biggest thing that's happened since the release of High Strange was this 
kind of legendary congressional hearing. And last minute, Dylan and I decided to take a flight to D.C. and go to this thing. Wanted to set up what was actually going on that day. Just like, like for those who didn't know this happened, there was a, a big congressional hearing about UFOs. And we went to go see these people speak in front of Congress. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I got the call from Payne late one. It was probably 8 p.m. one night. We had like an hour to get there. Yeah. And he just he calls me. He's like, we're going to go. Uh, I don't own a suit because I'm a child, uh, but apparently you <laughs> that, need a you need a suit. You are a child. Yeah, you should yeah. own a suit. I should own a suit. I'm 32. Years well, I have old. like w- I have one suit, you know. And you looked good in it. Let me say. Oh well, thank you. You looked real yeah. suave. But walking that's into all the I got. Halls. I can't. I can't repeat it. Yeah, but we uh, we get there. You in your suit, me in just my everyday clothes. Luckily, they still let me in, which is nice. Um, but we get there, you know, not really knowing what to expect, and we get sent into this uh, this room next to the congressional hall where the meeting's actually taking place and it's just full of other nerds. Let's call them nerds. I was going to say alien enthusiasts, but alien let's call them for nerds. what they are. They're nerds. Nerds. Yeah. We were there too. We're like, oh my God, we dressed up nice for this. Oh, yeah. I wanted to go so bad. I was so jealous. Yeah. It was an experience. It was a once in a lifetime experience. Well, there were so many people at this random hearing on like a Tuesday or something that there was a spillover room for press because the actual congressional room was too full for anyone else to attend in there and so we were in at first i was kind of bummed like oh man i wanted to be in the actual room where they're doing this but it actually turned out to be a a cooler experience i think because we had a live feed from the room right next door so we we could hear it and see it but there was way less uh there was there was less rules in this room i'd like to say it it was um it was the back of the class. It was the back of the class. Yeah. People were clapping. It was this surreal thing. Like people talk about the idea of disclosure, right? Where, you know, eventually one day the government comes out and says, Hey, here's what's really going on, and there's all these species of aliens, or we have these craft. You know, I don't think it's ever gonna happen that way. It'd be cool if it did. But it felt like a disclosure moment where you were Maybe I was just too excited, but it felt like in the moment I was witnessing something that was like legendary. I think I think it's historical. I think I I think Rush will be in textbooks. Okay, let's talk about Rush because if if you don't know who David Rush is, who's who's really the main person who was testifying Mm -hmm. before Congress, let's talk about who David Rush is and what he was even saying. What was your favorite thing he said in the Congressional? Well, okay, I, I remember you showing me that this guy was about to come out. There was a whistleblower mm-hmm. from the government who was coming out with some big bombshell information, and then they dropped this interview with Ross Colhart, this journalist from News Nation. And we watched it at the same time. I think we were in Denver or something. Yeah. And you got me hyped on it, and he was saying stuff that was absolutely bonkers, crazy sounding, because you've never heard really many people of that level of clearance that, say something like that that's the thing it's you've you've heard crazier claims than this everyone has Bubba's everyone's heard shit. some crazy shit from some ufo guy who's like yo the aliens i'm talking to him in my head mm-hmm. from my bedroom i can call ufos to my house my right. backyard we've all heard that yeah if you've looked into this at all you've heard yeah. the crazy stuff but this guy 
The crazy thing about this is he was saying some of the crazy shit, but his credentials check out. He's like legit top clearance, like big deal counterintelligence guy came from like working on big missions. Not a dum-dum. Not a dum-dum. This guy isn't some guy. I'm probably saying this wrong, but I think he was about to be promoted to like lieutenant colonel, which is like super high up in the Mm -hmm. military. Like this guy is not a joke. He's not some crazy person, but Grush is like almost bulletproof. Like this guy's like legit. Like he's a he good was, guy for it. He was briefing Obama on counterintelligence measures. Like that, they don't. Get, that responsibility doesn't go to. It's just an egg anyone. on their face if this guy is completely ha, has completely lost his mind, but somehow still sounds completely sane when he's talking. Like let's just run down bullet point. Some of the biggest claims that David Grush made to Congress. Can I start with my favorite one? Yes. Mussolini. And this is, no one's going to believe this. Casual listeners. Great start. I'm sorry. Mussolini, his Italia, recovered a UFO in 1933. And he's like saying this, like, this is fact. Like, the Mm -hmm. U.S. government or whatever, this... This special access program, mm-hmm. whatever this black project is, knows about this recovery in 1933 under Mussolini. And this is part of some bigger idea here where he's basically saying that for decades now, the government has had this secret program, a crash retreat, like a, a crash, a UFO crash retrieval program where it, UAP have allegedly crashed on Earth, and the U.S. has scooped them up and tinkered with them and tried to figure out how they work and kept all this stuff a secret. It even goes beyond that. And this predates Roswell, which is the craziest. Because Roswell is 47? You know, the biggest theory that I've always followed and always believed in is that we set off nuclear bomb tests in like what, 1946, 47. I don't, I don't remember the exact date. You can look it up. It's on Wikipedia. It's Trinity test. We set off the bomb, the nuclear bomb test, and they came, right? No, this predates this. This is 1933. Mm-hmm. This is before. So all that, like, they're attracted to nuclear bombs, which they probably are, and nuclear energy and whatever. But this predates this. This is, this is something before that. And what I think he's implied is that it's even older than that Mm -hmm. which i think i've i've thought for a a while now but yeah i mean there are huge claims that go for generations like basically he's alleging that there is this black program this hidden secret program that's that congress and even the president most of the time if not damn near all the time is not privy to where they are keeping the secret that we know extraterrestrial life not only exists, but has been here and maybe even is here. And we have crafts and the way he phrases it is biologics. Non-human intelligence. Biologics of non-human intelligence, meaning cadavers. Insanity. You can look past that though, like that. You can sure dismiss that. Go you know, ahead. I mean, on the surface, this, this sounds you know it this sounds, sounds nuts, right? But but what did he do? He got in a congressional hearing. He got both sides of the the spectrum, both mm-hmm. sides of the parties, yep. both parties, 
to agree. You got AOC. You got um, what's his name? Matt Gates. Mm-hmm. Matt Gates mm-hmm. and AOC both like wait working a together. Both so, giving a shit. Yeah. And and this goes into Brian Bender's whole first article that he wrote about this in 2017, where he's like, okay, where is all this money going? Right. That's the yeah. real issue. This is taxpayer money going somewhere else that it's hidden. Mm-hmm. AOC is like, whoa, whoa, okay. I don't care about the alien stuff, but like what I gathered from her con- congressional oversight committee testimony and questioning is where is this money that the taxpayers are putting in? Why is this going to the, some secret private entity? Like no matter what it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. doesn't matter. doesn't matter what it's for. Mm-hmm. This is a problem. Yeah. And then you got Matt Gates kind of saying the same thing. Yep. You got both sides of the red or blue kind of coming together on this being like, yo, we need to dig further into this. Senate's freaking out about this a little bit, at least some of them. If you if you remember back to High Strange season one, we featured two journalists pretty prominently, Leslie Kane and Brian Bender, and they would chime in kind of throughout the whole series with great insight on different details and aspects and just a little historical factoids about the UFO story in American culture. They were also two of the journalists who broke a really big story years ago that kind of blew the lid off of this conversation in the mainstream um, with the New York Times and Politico. And Politico, yeah. And we met with Leslie Kane a couple of times, and she always sort of kind of hinted at there being some other big thing coming, which is what mm. every UFO person does ever, I feel like. But I believed it this time. You talked to the right person. I think you do know more. And sure enough, though, she's the first person to technically break this David Grush story, the guy who came out with these big claims about this secret government project going on. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and so we, we, t- we actually talked to Brian Bender again recently, and... Um, gracious for his time just to kind of catch up on what's all happened since then and i I always enjoyed the way that he pragmatically broke things down and it wasn't always a it's it's he didn't always make it about aliens right and maybe it it is aliens and it's the way that we think that they are Hmm. maybe it is and it's all these other dozens of things or thousands of things too maybe it's none of that and we don't understand it either way if there's something that we don't understand, I think that it's worth looking into. And he always had that sort of pragmatic, practical approach to it, which I really found refreshing. And so catching up with him was was fun. And we're going to play some clips of that for you guys in a little bit. Yeah, no, I really appreciate Brian. And I think I really love that he's mostly skeptical, mm-hmm. even though he's heard, he's heard some stuff. He's right. heard some stuff that I haven't even heard. Well, hearing is not seeing, right? No, right. It, it's what you want David Grush to come forward with is physical video evidence. Evidence, physical Something you can DNA touch, evidence. analyze. Yeah. Now, you couldn't really ask for a, a more credible guy, right? A more credible no. person. No. But again, it's just you're going on somebody's word. And so that's a... That's a big leap. And and with claims this big, this new to us as a society, I think that it's only fair to be met with a little bit of scrutiny. But 
what if he's telling the damn truth? Oh, if he could... I don't know if he is or not, but I will say this. He's pretty fucking believable. <laughs> I mean, he's not... He's good at it. <laughs> I guarantee you if he could walk out on stage in mm-hmm. on the News Nation interview and be like, hey, Ross, I brought a sample mm-hmm. of a craft and it's metal that we've never seen before, he would do that. He just can't, you know. Mm-hmm. He's got to. He's got to go through the Dobser process. He's got to get things cleared. Anything he talks about in public or on media, it has to be approved first. So, what this process you're talking about? This this is where he could get in trouble for divulging, I guess, top secret classified. information. Or, yeah. How, how does that work exactly? From how you know it, like, so what, what's he afraid of? So it's the, it's weird. But it's, I've only learned this semi-recently since mm. High Strange ended, episode eight ended. I've learned this afterwards because honestly, after our season ended, so much stuff happened. Mm-hmm. And I really had to dive deep into this topic and be like, okay, wait, this is actually moving forward in a weird way I didn't expect. Right. In a, almost in a synchronistic way. So with the Dopser thing, basically he has to get approval from his higher ups. He's no longer working with them. Mm-hmm. He's he's no longer part of the military in any way, I don't believe. But he has to go to the ICIG, which okay. is the- Are you losing me? What's yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's his higher up. It's in basically just think an intelligence leader, right? The leader sure. of the intelligence. To get permission. Yeah. Or something. So, and right? the DOPSER stands for Defense Office of Pre-Publication and Security Review. Because he has the highest clearance level, mm-hmm. there's a, and, and that's the thing. There's all these myths about how many clearance levels there are. So he has the highest level of security clearance. So they, he's trusted with the biggest secrets in our nation, right? In a, amongst our nation, it has to be cleared because he was a former employee, mm-hmm. right? These guys are trying to not go to jail, basically. Yeah, because if if they release some classified information to the general public, that is like treason. Yeah, whether the UFO part of it is true or not, if mm. you divulge that, then you're going Anything. to jail. If you accidentally give away a missile system that we don't want our enemies to right. know about, some sensor development that we've figured out that China or Russia or Iran doesn't know or doesn't have access to, mm-hmm. if you, it's it's for national security. I get it. It's classified information. You have to get stuff approved before you can talk about it. Mm-hmm. But he before his congressional hearing, he did a Dobser, got it cleared. Everything he talked about to News Nation in front of congressional hearing yeah. was cleared. And he was being very careful about it. You could tell that he was, you know, he had just prepped himself on the scope of what he knew he could legally talk about. Or that's how it came across at least. Yeah, they're saying it's it doesn't go against national defense to right. say anything that's in this brief. This doesn't necessarily mean it's true. But you're just allowed to talk about it. It doesn't interfere with what we're doing. Right. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I got a chance to talk to Brian Bender about 
David Grush and this congressional hearing that Dylan and I got to attend in person. And because he's smarter than I am, he more eloquently breaks down some of the big key points of what David Grush was actually claiming. And it, when you analyze it, it's, it's some pretty big stuff. Um, let's kick to it real quick. Uh, Brian, how you been, man? I'm good. I'm good. What's the latest in, uh, in your world of journalism? So, well, you know, I, I sometimes joke that I'm now a recovering journalist. Um, so about a year ago, I left journalism as a sort of daily full-time reporter and editor after, I hate to admit it, but 24, almost 25 years. And wow. I'm still writing, I'm still reporting, but I, I have a different day job where I'm now basically a beltway bandit, as they call it. Um, so I'm a communications consultant, mostly helping tech startups and research universities navigate the federal government. So helping them tell their stories. And, but I'm still writing, I'm still reporting, I'm a contributor to Politico magazine. So working on a couple of sort of bigger projects for them. Um, uh, so, you know, keeping busy, but a little bit of a different audience, um, but a lot of the same topics, national security, global affairs, politics, once in a while, UFOs. I, <laughs> right. You know, if I strip it, if I trip and fall into the rabbit hole. I just realized before we hopped on this call that the first time we talked was in Roswell, New Mexico at that UFO that. event. Um, and I never really asked you, I don't think, or at least it wasn't in the podcast, um, what your thoughts on that was. I mean, because it was, for me, it was like, this is totally bizarre. Also, Roswell, New Mexico doesn't does not have enough restaurants. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but Applebee's was really good. And that, that giant alien outside the Dunkin' Donuts, to make it clear, it was a statue of an alien, not a real alien. Um, you know, it's interesting, uh, you know, when I kind of stumbled into the UFO story in 2017, when I was part of that group of reporters that initially got some inside information about some Pentagon research programs that had been going on that had been kind of secretly funded by Congress, um, in recent years, um, I kind of pretty quickly made this, this determination that I'm going to follow the, the money. So if the government's spending money on UFO research, who's it going to? What's it for? Who are the key decision makers in Washington that are you know behind it? Because I was a political reporter. I mean, to me, that was the story for us. It's like, okay, this is, this is a political story. It's a policy story. Um, people are really concerned about things that are out there and unidentified, some of which seem to defy what we know about physics. Um, and I decided that I was not going to sort of go too far down the rabbit hole of like sightings and reports and testimonies, because obviously there's this whole canon of ufology that, you know, I once used to, uh, I once said on a panel that, you know, I covered a little bit of the JFK assassination in terms of like the fight over the government files that were still being withheld. And, mm -hmm. and I used to think that was like a ball of yarn, but I hadn't met the world of ufology yet. Oh man. <laughs> in some ways, it makes this no JFK kidding. assassination crowd look 
you know, small fries. Exactly. <laughs> but you mm-hmm. know what, you know, my takeaway from Roswell and others is sort of like if UFO re- research could sort of start now and go forward and throw away all the stuff in the past, I think we could be more effective at actually finding some answers to some of these mysteries because just the level of scar tissue that exists and the different viewpoints on, you know, was Roswell an alien crash? Was it, you know, some military test? Was it a cover up? Um, What happened there? I mean, it's just, it's like, it's almost impossible for a journalist in modern day Mm -hmm. to untangle that mythology versus fact and, yeah, you saw that on display in Roswell. I mean, I went to one of the panels what was like, you know, it was a lot of people on the panel. It was like 40 white guys lined up all over the <laughs> age of 70. And like they had like each of them had two different theories about what happened there. Right. And they were adamant about it. You know, I mean, obviously I'm exaggerating a little bit, but um, you know, the journalist to me was like, I don't I wouldn't even know how to write this story. Right. Like, is a, there a story? Like yeah. the story of Roswell Bender. I mean, I'd be like, I don't even know where to start. But it's not on like religion. I mean, some people have their own sort of little lane in the world mm-hmm. of ufology that they believe. And many of them have read millions of books and done all kinds of independent research. And they believe it as if it's gospel. And it's like nothing yeah. is going to change their mind. There's pretty widespread belief or kind of gut feeling that we are not alone in the universe as an intelligent species, whatever species might mean, you know, right. elsewhere in the universe, you know, could mean something very different than what we think of. Um, and I think you could also go a step further and say there's decent amount of evidence, certainly circumstantial, if not even more than that, um, that they actually do exist somewhere in some way. Because, I mean, it's hard to look back over history and even in ancient religions. I mean, so many references to some sort of heavenly beings coming here, you know, having some sort of role, um, certainly in our sense of ourselves as a human race. And I tend to be among those who believe that you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. There probably is something that uh, fits that description somewhere in the universe, uh, far away or maybe not so far away. Um, but then the second bucket I sort of think about is, and this gets into some some of the reporting that I was involved in, you know, the question of whether our, our government or governments of the world have some really solid answers to that question or evidence of that, that they've been hiding from us. I consider those sort of two different lanes, if you will, because I think you can believe that there are aliens or there are extraterrestrials or some sort of form of intelligent life that for whatever reason, we can't kind of put our finger on in a sort of convincing way where everybody's like, oh yeah, of course they're here or they've been here. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I'm in that camp, but I'm not yet convinced, like many people in the world of ufology are, that uh, the evidence of that, the proof of that, 
is somehow resident in some secret government agency or buried under Area 51. And in the grandest conspiracy of all time, the U.S. government, presumably in cahoots with other governments in the world, has kept that hidden from the global public. I don't think that there's evidence of that. I would imagine that even though it's been on UFO Twitter and shit, on a bunch of front page everything all over the news circuit, um, some people have probably been living under a rock or just haven't heard about this yet. So to speak to them, just give me a little like short recap log line on David Grush. Who are we talking about? So David Grush is a now former intelligence official. He worked for the National uh, Geospatial Intelligence Agency, NGA, which is sort of one of the alphabet soup intelligence agencies, really responsible for like, you know, using space to map the earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was part of this Pentagon task force that was set up by Congress a couple of years ago to you know basically answer some of these questions. Like, were there secret government programs that might know about you know, extraterrestrial crashes? Were there programs that um, could have been reverse engineered where we learned some new technology from something that we recovered that we couldn't explain? So David Grush was part of that effort. Uh, last year, he came forward publicly and also filed a, you know, a request for an investigation through the inspector general for the intelligence community, which is sort of like the internal watchdog over all the spy agencies. And his claims are that he talked to dozens of people on the inside with clearances like himself who assert that the government did, in fact, have in its custody at some point UFO crash material and that there was an actual secret program to figure out how does that stuff work. Um, He's made those claims publicly. He's testified before Congress. But he is the first to say that none of the some 40 people that he says he talked to on the inside or or you know people that had real knowledge um uh does he have firsthand knowledge himself in other words he's never seen anything he's never worked on such a program he's hearing this from people who swear that this is the case and when i say i don't think there's evidence of these claims you know, we don't know what these secret programs were. We don't know where they were run. We don't know how they were hidden. Um, now, granted, they could all be secret, deeply classified. And so that's why we don't know. But I also think we have to consider that one of the most common things humans do, you and I do it probably all the time in our daily lives, is play the game of telephone, which is mm-hmm. I talk to somebody who knows my brother-in-law who works in the secret agency, who saw the alien bodies at Area 51. I have found in my reporting and getting to know some of the leading people, particularly former government officials who really believe this, who again will say, I never saw it myself, Mm -hmm. that they have fallen victim to a little bit of a game of telephone that has gone Mm -hmm. on for decades. Um, You know, sort of the water cooler talk, even at the CIA or at the Pentagon where people hear these stories and they hear them from people that are quite credible. I mean, they have security clearances. They're entrusted with our nation's secrets. But, you know, I do think there is an element of this, of sort of this uh, echo chamber, if you will, that this is true and it's always been true and it's always been hidden. And I talk to the people who know about it, but yet we still 
haven't seen the goods. And, you know, and people say, well, if it's secret, why would we see the goods, right? How would the government, you know, bring itself to ever let us know? And my rejoinder to that is we get a lot of secrets that get leaked out of the government, tons of them, to the point where they put people in jail for the rest of their lives, right. leaking stuff. So if, you know, there was this grand conspiracy to hide evidence, real evidence of alien life, why have we not been able to figure it out? Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, why haven't we been able to see the evidence? I'm not ruling out that it's possible that that has happened. Those programs did exist. There was a UFO crash. I'm just saying I'm not, I'm just not convinced yet that, that that's the case, even though there's this whole sort of cultural phenomenon surrounding this that almost takes it as gospel. You know, you know, we watch a lot of Hollywood movies that, 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 you know, underscore that. And I think, you know, it's a cultural issue as much as it is a sort of, you know, national security issue, right? Mm-hmm. We just we we believe what we believe, and doesn't matter really what the facts are or the truth is. Um, and I think we can't rule out that some government people have been have fallen victim to that too. Back to the claims that he's made. Do you mind kind of unpacking a few of those? You know, and he mentioned uh, some sort of biologics crafts, and I mean, alleging that. Aliens are real. We've seen the bodies, have the bodies, and we have craft, and it's just all the things that Steven Spielberg wanted it to be, right? Yeah, I mean, he's basically, his claims are that the government has hidden for decades secret programs that have known about, when he says biologics, like literally like biological material, so alien bodies or parts of alien bodies, also alien technology. And that there were programs, you know, up to secretly try and understand how how does this stuff work. So that, that's the reverse engineering program that he claims or programs. Um, and he claims that these were hidden from even the highest levels of the government, that they were sort of buried in kind of the military industrial complex. And I say that because these claims also assert a role for defense companies, aerospace companies. The Lockheed Martins or the, you know, North of Grumman's, not them necessarily specifically, but the companies that have made the stealth bombers and all of those secret programs that, you know, were being developed for decades. And in some cases were actually mistook for UFOs, right? I mean, they were testing these things out in the desert, mm-hmm. stealth bombers and drones and all those things. I mean, those things were being developed in secret for years. And I think it's important mm-hmm. to sort of remember that because when you talk about secret alien technology, and if you're one who believes that the government does have it or has been working with something like that, you can't really divorce it from the other netherworld of black programs. So billions of taxpayer dollars that have gone in to develop next generation technology like the stealth fighter, the stealth bomber, you know, hypersonic missiles. I mean, that budget has gone up and up and up and up. We don't know kind of right. what's in it, but we know the overall numbers. And so there's a lot of secret technology development going on as we speak. Doesn't necessarily mean it has any relationship or connection to, you know, ET or alien technology. But if there were to be alien technology that we recovered or studied or something and somehow learned something that got bled into some of those black programs, 
It's all the more reason for the government not to want to talk about it, to want to cover it up. But, you know, you mentioned the House, the recent House hearing and the former pilots. You know, I think their testimony for me also fits into that first bucket I mentioned earlier. In in other words, Mm -hmm. you know, David Grush, the whistleblower, says the government is hiding all this stuff. But it's hard to dismiss those sightings of those Navy pilots in their testimony and what they say they saw mm-hmm. as real evidence of something really woo-woo and really out there, really advanced. And, you know, if they're not ours, and the government has said that, that some of those things, those orbs, those spheres, um, they call them Tic Tacs. They were like oblong-shaped craft that, you know, would go to mm-hmm. from 100,000 feet to the surface of the ocean in like a few seconds. Nothing that we could do. Mm-hmm. Um, the government has said they're not ours. And so the government is on the record saying that we're seeing stuff out there that we can't explain and we're trying to explain it. But again, that's different from the government already knows what these things are and it's just lying to us and, you know, has figured out all the answers. I think a lot of their reluctance to talk about the UFO issue is not because they have knowledge they don't want to share. It's because of the lack of knowledge. In other words, they know there's something out there and they can't really figure out what it is. And if you're in the intelligence business, you don't share secrets, but you also don't share information that you have that you haven't really put together yet either. Cause you wouldn't mm-hmm. want, you know, your potential enemies to know that. So, so um, I do think that, you know, the pilots coming forward, it's really changed the conversation and it, it made it a, a sort of more serious topic. Like if we don't know what these things are, we damn well better find out. But, you know, it's still, it's still intriguing to me, the possibility that there is, or has been secret programs within our government that do know more and are not sharing more. And that, to me, obviously would be a huge story in and of itself. But it's also a huge story for our democracy because it would also be proof of a government within a government. Because you Mm -hmm. have the House of Representatives saying, tell us what you know. We have the head of the Pentagon saying, we don't know, but we're trying to find out. But meanwhile, you would have some sort of, you know, netherworld of government officials or contractors that sort of have all these goods and even the leadership that we've elected to sort of oversee them are in the dark. So like, you know, it's a good story that we have to keep tracking because of the implications of it. If it were to be true, you know, uh, not just what it would mean for, you know, our presence in the universe, if we really did have evidence and knew of another intelligent life form, but you know, what it would mean for, you know, our politics that, we sat on this for years and they were able to hide it even from the people that are supposed to know all the secrets. Um, uh, one more thing before I let you go. I, um, yeah. There is a video circulating on the internet that came out a few days ago. Um, it's a UFO video, an alleged UFO video from the military and it's being referred to as the jellyfish. Have you seen this video? What's, what are your thoughts on that? That was uh, Corbell. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Corbell is sort of kind of been a leader in, you know, sort of plopping into the public discussion, some really intriguing footage of things that, that, you know, 
come out of the military or some government agency. He obviously has some sources that leaks that stuff to him. But the thing that's always puzzling to me is like it's always or usually it's a very small, teeny little clip. Yeah. And I'm always like, where's the rest of it? They just looked at it for three seconds or three hours. And um, I was familiar. I had heard about the jellyfish um, a couple of years ago. Like this sort of was going around like, oh, the Pentagon got, you know, custody of some radar footage or gun camera footage. I forget what it was um, of this jellyfish, of this very large tentacled. there was another one. I think it was a different one. People called the chandelier that looked mm-hmm. like a big chandelier hanging over the Persian Gulf in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. You know, pilots were seeing it and reporting it. Um, they're intriguing, but taken in isolation, they don't really get us very far. It's like it's exciting. Yeah. It's it's clickbait. You know, people. You know, obviously, I understand why Jeremy Corbell wants to put these out there. Um, it's great for his website. It's great for his brand. But in the grand scheme of things, is it really moving the ball? It's just like it's just like another shiny object, literally. Mm-hmm. Like, let's look at that for five minutes. Um, and, you know, I think the next chapter in this, if we want to go back to that, or the, sort of the breaking point is, and I think we're starting to see it. I don't think it'll be a breaking point in the sense that it'll be abrupt but it will evolve, continue to evolve. The topic of UFOs is now, I think, in in a way, much more mainstream and acceptable in sort of acceptable society. I mean, this is a little more imminent maybe than the next season, but, you know, the, the Pentagon office is supposed to release kind of volume one of its findings from the last few years, I think any day now. Um, which is supposed to be sort of what are we learning from some of these military pilots, for example? What are we learning about the possible existence of, you know, secret compartmentalized programs that were hiding, you know, UFO material? Uh, It's also supposed to report back on like they were required by Congress to do a historical study, like go back 75 years and try to figure Mm -hmm. out. Yeah what might've been hidden. Interestingly, that study is also supposed to focus on any disinformation campaigns that our own Mm -hmm. government undertook on the topic of UFOs. And I think that's interesting too, because if you really did want to hide something, you don't just lock it in a box in a room somewhere and give a three people with security clearance, you know, uh, authority over it. Mm -hmm. You might do that. But I think if you really had a deep, dark secret, you also create around it so much bullshit and so much conspiracy theories, yeah, so much noise that no one is ever going to find the room because they are going to be distracted by 50,000 other things and other stories and other tales. And there's already evidence in terms of government documents that have been released that our yeah. government had a UFO disinformation campaign. Often it was to shield those black programs I talked about, the stealth yeah. bomber, the stealth fighter. I mean, the, the Soviet Union, the Russians were crawling all over America during the Cold War trying to figure out what are we up to? What's our next big weapon? And, yeah. um, you know, 
there's evidence that we actually, our government spread false UFO reports to drive the Russians crazy and, and also, you know, take people off the scent of maybe some truly secret thing that had nothing to do with ET that we were working on. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm interested to see what we're willing to cop to on that, what our government is willing to admit on that. Because I think that's also muddled this issue in a way that makes it very, very hard to unwind this ball of yarn. People who care about this, the public needs to marshal itself to figure out ways. How do we gather more information? How do we, on our own, study these reports and see if we can figure something out? Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, TEND is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. It makes me question why someone like David Grush would make something up like this that's so complex. I mean, people do weird shit for weird reasons that you don't understand. Like that's that's a fact. But this person is a decorated individual in government and in intelligence in, in the intelligence community. And I don't see what he really has to gain. He kind of right. only has stuff to lose. If this is all for a book deal, that's pretty shitty. Can we go? Can we go into that? Let's go sure. into why would he lie about this? Also, we only, met only him. If, only if he believes it. Do you want to go into how we met him? Oh yeah, um, and how he didn't bring any of this up to yeah, us. Yeah, okay. Actually, we'll, that's a big. We'll thing. play a clip of this actually. Yeah. Um, so Brian Bender mentioned a, a man named Jeremy Corbell, who, if if you're not aware of who this individual is, in my eyes, he's kind of. Like, he is, like, the new UFO guy. Is, yeah, he's the UFO guy. Um, he's just on Give the pulse him. of this stuff, right? Now, yeah, but, like, there's, uh, there's been another UFO guy. There's, there's also George Knapp. Oh, yeah, but, but that's but his... But, no, but, like, right now, like, this is the... He is on the pulse of all things UFO, UAP, and tends to get all of the government leaks and clearly has some great relationships with secret sources and has broken a lot of uh, big stories in in the UFO genre here. I recently sat down and interviewed Jeremy Corbell, which I've been trying to do for a long time. Actually, we were trying to interview Jeremy well over a year ago while we were making High Strange Season 1. Mike and I actually flew to Vegas. If you remember in 
the first season when we went to Area 51, it was the same time that we were there. And we simultaneously stayed at this hotel in Vegas and attended this Star Trek conference. Uh, amazing. We're not Trekkies. I don't really even know much about Star Speak Trek. Speak for yourself. Man. I kind of. No, it's fine. I'm not saying <laughs> anything. It's, it's not bad. I, I just, I, you know, I, I was like, didn't feel like I was a diehard fan enough. Uh, like William Shatner was there. It was the whole thing. It, it was cool to see. Yeah. But Jeremy Corbell was there with another journalist, George Knapp, who we've used some clips of from his, um, some of his journalism in season one, mm-hmm. and they spoke on a panel. and And my plan was to hopefully. You know, grab him afterwards and 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 have a, a sit down with him. But he was super busy, like most people are in the world, and we had to postpone it. But I realized, and I'll, I'll play this clip. I'll I'll play this clip from the interview in a second. Um, but I realized that in my interview with him, he was describing that scene where we met after the panel in Vegas, and we were at the elevator. He goes, "You know who I was with that day, right?" I was like, uh, yeah, George Knapp. And he goes, no, the other guy, David. I was like, oh, yeah, the David, the, the tall guy, right? Yeah. He's like, that was David Grush. And I was like, and David Grush mean the guy at the congressional hearing, the guy who's started a whole brand new conversation about this. And in that moment, I go, holy shit, you're right. I see his face now. Yeah. And he is tall as shit. And I hear his voice and I go, I'm, I'm in the Uber back to the airport and I text both you guys. I go, go dig up that tape because I was also like secretly recording all that, um, which I yeah. told him at the end that I was doing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I said, go play that tape back and go to this moment. And I, I was doing it on Dropbox and I was like, holy shit, that's his voice. Yeah. That's him. We'll figure it all out. What's up, man? Pain. Oh, you're Pain. I'm What's pain. up, man? How you doing, man? This is my producer, Mike. Mike. Yeah. Nice to meet you, Mike. As soon as he tells me the layout for it, I'm going to suggest some guests that I can get him in contact with. It's like an audioscape thing. Yeah, it'll be the, the documentary version, right? Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I want to yep. help you. So, yeah, it's yeah. going to be, I'm, I wouldn't waste your time if I didn't think this it was This is my bodyguard, legit. Dave. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> don't be my ass. Uh, I'm yeah. the special friend here. Yeah. Yeah. This is Dennis. Hugs you don't need a bodyguard, but <laughs> still be my ass. Yeah. Uh, I know, he, he probably could beat my ass. Yeah. He's so big. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that we're working on is going to be just targeted towards breaking the stigma yeah. and kind of just yeah. self acknowledging, just like, yeah, we're self aware. Like, yeah, it's, kind of, it's aliens and it's, it's silly, but is it though? Like, you know. What's really up is That's the good. entire tone of the whole thing. Yeah, and I think that will resonate uh, with just everyone, yeah. and I think that it could be a way to just push the narrative forward. And I'm sure we'll yeah. find time for a beer or yeah, the, uh, mini golf in the dark lights. Yeah, I saw the mini golf place. He did jujitsu for the first time. He just yeah, exactly. Beers and mini golf. What are y'all doing later later tonight? Don't know yet. Okay, hit me up because we we yeah. Uh, we might be going to, you know, Zed. Uh, Zed, yeah, the DJ. Yeah, like I, I'm like friends with his manager really well. Like, really? So I, I could probably get us all backstage. Just like, I used to, in a different life, I used to yeah, be like, a laser lighting designer. I used oh, to do lasers yeah, and okay. stuff, orchestrals. Very cool. Yeah, if that's the vibe, an hour, like it might be a fun little thing. If get it all. That's cool. We run out of stuff to do. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Dude, no, I'm all. Yeah, I never would said. I mean, this was much. He came on the scene. He's super cool. After I left and retired from the world, yeah, did. 
Yeah, I did lasers. I you like double major laser. Cool ass laser. Oh, sick. Yeah, the light laser The previous light before I, you know, some other things. All right, we're gonna run. Yeah, man. Hey, great talk too. That was awesome. It's a weird thing that uh, this guy who comes up with this, what could potentially be a life-altering story in the UFO narrative was right there next to us. And we've also been trying to reach him for like months. Um, but now, hey, now we, we know that we're only one degree away. Also, David Grush is standing right fucking God, there. God, it makes me want talking to just... To- just like, my eyeball talking up. to me about Zed, and you're inviting him to the Zed show. <laughs> yeah, which is just another. I'm like, dude, weird... you want to go to the Zed concert, dude? <laughs> you're like, I don't know you, but you should come. And to like, the Zed it sounds like I was being lame, but no, like we, you know, no, we, we we were Tim on Smith. Stage. Uh, actually, you know, Tim. Speaking of Tim Smith, if you're hearing this, this guy's amazing. He's Zed's manager. And Skrillex. And Skrillex, and um, among other people, he's, yeah. he, he does a, he's a whole time. bunch of shit. He does cool shit. Time. Cooler shit than I do. Yeah. Um, he was in Vegas the same the same time we were, mm-hmm. and we met up with him, and he's like, hey, well, you guys want to go to Backstage Zed? And I was like, I mean, what, is that a question? And so I was you know, clearly like, hey, guys, like you want to go Backstage Zed? Turns out it was actually even cooler than I was even was- talking about. It was, I mean... It was it, in his DJ box. It wasn't backstage. We were... I was DJing vicariously. We could touch his button. Yeah, I could touch his butt. <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> could have. Actually, no, I did give him my hat, and he threw it into he the crowd. It, you told him to. A uh, little-known story, actually, about Tim Smith, um, is that this man, who is amazing, love this guy, Zed's manager, um, he is actually... The sole reason that I was ever able to talk to Travis Walton, I told him I was doing this this show a long time ago, mm. when kind of when I first met him, I think, and I, you know, he's into the topic, and I was keeping him up to speed, and I, somehow Travis Walton came up. He's like, you know, what? actually, I, I I know that guy. I've met him before. And I was like, what do, you, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, I I met him at a conference or something, and he's a Tim is a big UFO guy and I guess made the connection with him. And remember that day when we were waiting on Travis Walton to come mm-hmm. and we thought he was never coming. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, I mean, I was texting Tim <laughs> and I, I to this day think that Tim sent a text to Travis and like helped change his mind. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cause he, did. he was very late and it, it, that's all good. But I think that he was having doubts and about wanting to do it, yeah. and I and I talked about that in the podcast. I just left that little detail out. Jeremy Corbell has insight unlike most people do in this space, unless you are part of the government, because he has relationships with these people who have leaked videos, the stuff that's spawned some of the biggest articles you've heard and seen and read online. I sat down and talked to him, and. It is an amazing, eye-opening conversation, and I want you to go check it out on my weekly show called Talking to Death. And I know it's annoying. You have to go click another app and all that stuff, but in the meantime, while we're working on High Strange Season 2, every week on my weekly show, we talk about stuff like this sometimes, 
talk about true crime, talk about UFOs, talk about aliens. And if you want to just follow along as we're building these shows and actually working on High Strange, that's how you could do it. So if you want to check out the full interview of Jeremy Corbell, which I think you really should. It's worth checking out. To me, it's one of the better ones that he's done, mostly because I feel like he was just open with stuff. And I, I, I even asked him what I felt like were some real, rational, harder questions, and he had good answers for them. I asked Jeremy Corbell what he thinks, in his opinion, is the most interesting, compelling footage of UFOs out there, which is a big question because there's a bunch of shit out there and a bunch of nonsense and a bunch of stuff that might be real that we, we don't know. Uh, so I asked him this, and this, this is what he said. What do you think, personally, is the most compelling evidence of extraterrestrial life? Yeah. Um, personally. Like first question that I've asked every single person I've ever tried to like interview. I was so naive. I'd say, what's the best? Ev- Tell me personally what it is. And it's never- I'm hoping you'll give me a nugget it's never, over I here. know. That's what I want when I talk to people. But it's never as satisfying because the real- like to you though, because I know I'm gonna hate videos. my answer, bro. I, I know. Okay, what is it? Are you ready? It sucks. Okay, <sighs> what is it? It is the preposterous preponderance and the weight of the cumulative evidence and my personal experiences mm-hmm. that gives me the the most powerful feeling of the, that is the evidentiary culmination group. of it. It's the culmination over decades and the preposterous preponderance of evidence. And I we could break that down for your viewers. What does that mean? Everything from multi-sensor platforms to like- I get where you're going histories. with this. Yeah. I mean, I could like point to one thing that I think is pretty good. Yeah, just like- One a, case. Yeah, what, yeah give, me, give, give me one case. Yeah, sure. I think the least valued and the highest return on a case is looking at the 2019 UFO swarm events over the 10 Navy warships, the story that George and I broke, Mm -hmm. with unparalleled multi-sensor, multi-platform footage that we were able to obtain and release. That 2019 case is a pinnacle of what we should be doing with getting different types of data, getting a wide spectrum of people that all experience the same series of events, Mm It is a powerful case, and I have done all the damn legwork, and other yeah. people now can jump in and do some of that. I've provided it on a silver platter. Mm-hmm. I've got other cases I'm working on. If people dug into that, they would have an unparalleled case. That case is so important. This is the night vision one, right? It was night vision. It was thermal. It was mm-hmm. radar, and it was deck footage, and it was yeah. 10 Navy warships in 2019 swarmed by over 100 UFOs simultaneously coming from the West, and there's nothing out there but Hawaii. They don't know where they came from. They don't know where they went. They were transmedium. They have helicopter pilots that saw them go into the water. You got people that fought the ships that literally came on and gave me their audio on my podcast telling what they experienced. That case is profound. And our government says we still don't know who operated those devices, those units, as they call them, UAP. Mm -hmm. That's a big one. It's a big one. And the skeptics would say that it was a bouquet or something in the lens. Well, again, I love skeptics. You're talking about debunkers? Okay, I guess you would say a debunker in that case. Debunkers, yeah, Yeah. but I don't listen to what debunkers say because they're Yeah, I've just seen both sides of the story and I've kind of, but um, to me, having looked at it, I've seen that video. One, visually, it also is just 
to me, instantaneously compelling. So that's the um, green triangle looking footage. Yes. By that's angle of observation, yep. mm-hmm. it was green. So triangle by angle of observation. So what is a four-dimensional triangle? Well, that would be probably a pyramid. Mm-hmm. Now, when I said, oh yeah, they were reported as pyramid in shape, I didn't pull that out of thin air, right? right. Now, I can't put out everything that comes my way, but I will tell you on record that is in classified documents that there's uh-huh. other sensor systems that they had and they were pyramid in shaped. And there you go. But people can take a piece of this cup and tear it off and put it to the side and then hide the rest of the cup and be like, see, it's not a cup. Like, yeah, but that's a piece of a cup. So, so that, <laughs> right, that's what yeah. they're doing intentionally. Uh-huh. I'm telling people, if you look at the totality of the 2019 swarm events, which is an example of these swarms that are occurring all around the world mm-hmm. to this day, and I have other cases of it, and I've said one before, and it was uh, in, over, off the coast of Japan. I did that on one of my podcasts. People should dig into that. Mm-hmm. There have been so many, and I have so many firsthand witnesses, some of whom are leaving military now and will come forward with telling exactly what they know about it. Mm-hmm. But everything happens on its own time with that. I can't control that. Absolutely. Great also, case. That's a huge decision that they're making too, if, if they're leaving oh, and they're dude. coming out, right? Because we see what happens to people that raise their head they don't about like the parapet. That. <laughs> David Grush, you just yeah. go try to King Kong get on him. crucified out there, man. Yeah, but he's a tough motherfucker. Yeah, I, I will say um, David Grush is also really well-spoken, I think, and just um, articulate. Um, so, you know, regardless of you know, if, if what he's saying is true or not, damn, they got a good person saying it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we're lucky. For real, right? Seriously. We're, we're, we're lucky to have somebody like David Grush. He's Seriously. articulate. David Grush is fastidious. He is also has an incredible memory. Mm-hmm. Um, he is well-oriented to be in the roles that he was in, which was... You know, national security, um, uh, intelligence, uh, you know, he was a high-ranking intelligence officer, career guy. He's the kind of guy you want protecting America. He's the kind of guy that was in a position to know and see these black programs. He's the guy that uncovered with, you know, dozens of witnesses uh, these UFO or non-human intelligence craft being reverse engineered, that kind of thing. And then he pushed over those sources, like he says up to 40 and and he put them over to another investigation into the ICIG, Intelligence Community Inspector General, like the police of the intelligence community. Mm-hmm. They then did their own investigation, found it to be both credible and urgent, and obviously found what he said to be not only credible and urgent, but relevant and, and not a lie. So really, we're lucky to have David Grush having come forward to the degree he has. There's more he could do, um, but he has to abide by the law and does not want to hurt the United States of America. So how do you do it? And he's trying to do it the right way. You know, famously, if, if you're in, in intelligence, you have to assume you're being lied to, you know, by people in, in intelligence. Like sure. our government has completely tried to keep this on the DL. And and I get that for sometime for good reason, but we're past that now. Mm-hmm. So I'm really hoping that the new director of Arrow um, <laughs> makes a point to be honest with the American public because the the truth will be told eventually. And I know that because people have gone to the ICIG, mm-hmm. this this cops of the intelligence agencies, and they have presented what they what they know, and it yeah. is undeniable. So now it's just a matter of following up on it. So the truth will come out. And if you're going to be remembered in history, because you got the hubris and the little you know coat pins, and you want to be remembered in history, mm-hmm. uh, don't fucking lie. Yeah. How about that? Start there. Yep. Be honest with the American public. I, I just know that um, certain truths will come out, mm-hmm. easy way or hard way, mm-hmm. and. Um, 
I am all down for the hard way, and so are other people. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it ain't pretty, though. Um, it would be nice if if it came out in a controlled way where this disclosure process is. When we can get to a point where we stop pointing the finger at each other and being like, we could have difference of opinion, but when we're all in it together, we have some consensus that this is worthy of us looking at, you're going to see that completely unravel. You're going to see, I, I mean, I'm not a predictive person. I don't know when my coffee pot's going off, but I imagine <laughs> yeah. that if we stop mm-hmm. this kind of weird um, infighting and just try to look at the truth together, it will be abundantly clear that there's there's a true mystery here and we could benefit from looking at it together. We've been ignoring it for quite some time. We've been that guy, mm-hmm. you know, on the corner of the table saying- Denying it, really. Yeah, going along with everybody, you know. Well, it's easier to feel like we do know everything, but that's always never been true. That's never- Why is it true now all of a sudden? It isn't. Yeah. Right? I, I don't, I think that's a weird burden. Like, um, I am wrong more than I'm right. Right. But the thing is, you see- uh, well, That's how, you, that's how right. you know that you're right, uh, yeah. is if you've ever been wrong. Yeah. Right? Well, it, or unless you're always right then, yeah. Have you ever had that moment where you're like, you're a kid, right? Uh-huh. And you fucking- you like fight for somebody like I know for sure they said left and not right and then you just get a complete like you were totally wrong yeah, have like, you ever had that experience uh, yes yes did you learn from that uh yeah I don't ever want to feel that way again okay yeah <laughs> right. I learned that holy shit I mm-hmm. gotta triple check things quadruple mm-hmm. check them because we are all flawed we have a chance to be wrong absolutely so you always put that in the front of the mind yeah you know you gotta yeah. check yourself always and have other people do it for you, too. Help you. Knock that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Jeremy gets so much hate on Reddit and on Twitter that he's a grifter, that he's just saying stuff, that he's believing stuff that people tell him. Bro, this is one of the most sincere dudes I've ever talked to. And he's not tricking anyone. He believes this stuff. People come to him with information that they trust him with, and he keeps them anonymous, and he doesn't put it out right away. And he might sit on stuff that he's known about forever. The UFO people are turning against him and like, oh, he's just Mm -hmm. a dude saying like, next time. But like, no, this guy wants all the same stuff we want. He wants disclosure. He wants this stuff to come out. Mm-hmm. He wants he wants to out every source that's ever came to him, but he can't. Yeah, he, he's, he's in the business works. of furthering this. You have to <laughs> gain trust the ball of people. Forward. Yeah, and the to keep trust and to keep other sources coming to you anonymously, you have to respect the current ones you have right now. Mm-hmm. And he does that, and he's very sincere. Yeah, and you know, and like I, 
I asked him hard questions, normal hard questions. You know, if I were to say, hey, X, Y, Z, and you're like, holy shit, that sounds unbelievable. You know, you'd be like, tell me more or what do you mean or how do you know? And I was asking those kind of questions and I feel like, you know, those are questions that are probably annoying, mm. but he also knows the value of those questions. And it, it, and I had never in it at all was trying to, you know, catch him in something. I well, wanted him to take the time to explain one more detail that might be like, and I was looking from from for myself. I was like, if I'm a little bit skeptical, help me get there. I believe you, but I'm also, you know, if it's I, I deal with true crime, you know, and and that comes down to the court of law sometimes right facts evidence you know statements witness testimony Mm -hmm. shit that you can present to a jury to make your argument and i i really enjoyed that we were able to have that kind of conversation of course he had only great answers because that's who he is he's not bullshitting it's a it's a weird topic because you know (laughs) We don't know where this is going to go, but every time I, I get lost in it again and I'm like, God, man, like if it was real, we would just know by now. I think of the exact opposite for a second. I go, man, if it wasn't real, man, wouldn't this just be over by now? Yeah. You know, like think about all the things that we proved to be wrong. There's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how is this one still so persistent? For as much as we know, it's almost like the ideas only become more likely and more possible. And that's maddening to think about, especially if it weren't true. What does it even say about us as humans if it if we were just imagining all this shit at this point? Or what is it that we're experiencing that we're filling in all these gaps for? I think that becomes a, a crazier concept than there being something beyond this earth whatever that means in existence that is more intelligent and has been here for longer we love making this show and we love making these roundtable episodes and i swear to god every every week we have been reminding ourselves we need to go make a roundtable right now just like just just to do it and have faith in us because we have been hard at work on investigating new stories for the second season. And it's actually finally shaping up and it, it's becoming a thing. I'm not going to lie. What? This might be my favorite thing to do. Talk about UFOs? Dude, oh, dude, you're so good at it. It's Hi, good. It's so good. Fucking it's fun. good. Hey, look, it, he, he said it. Keep this part in. We most certainly have plans to make a second season of High Strange. So I'll just go ahead and officially say that. I don't have a timeline for you yet, but I can tell you that we've already been working on it. We never really put it down since we stopped. It almost no. seemed like High Strain Season 1 broke the broke the seal for us and kind of kicked down the door for some of the people we, we, we've, we've wanted to talk to since day one anyway. And the conversation is evolving. And I, and I always looked at High Strain Season 1 as a sort of uh, a baby step to this concept, even for myself. 
just to sort of put it all wrapped up in a bow, and let's just talk about what the hell is going on. And I feel like if you were riding with me the whole time in season one, that we're probably in a similar spot, no matter where you land, that there's something going on, right? You can't deny it. And so the conversation's not dead. It's only more alive than ever. And I had a thought that conceptually for High Strange season two, a lot of people have emailed me and they've said stuff like, you know, is this just like an American thing, right? All the stories we covered were mostly American stories besides the the Rendlesham incident, which was the American military, but happened in the UK. Um, But I can totally see how just the the folklore around UFOs, Area 51, you know, the U.S. government, flying saucers, a lot of that stems from American pop culture, right? But the, the crazy thing is, and I've learned this even more since the season ended, is that it's a legitimate worldwide thing. Absolutely. It's happening in every single fucking country you can think of. And I think a lot of those stories to me, almost hold more weight because it just goes against the pop culture hoax sort of uh, concept that we lean into when it seems too good to be true here. And please, please, go check out Talking to Death, my weekly show. We all three work on this show. Um, Every interview that you hear on that show, we've all been in the fucking room. And it's a, a fun array of people. And we do talk about UFOs with people you would never expect us to. Yeah. Um, yeah, so go check out Talking to Death. Right now, my my true crime show, which is how this all started, Up and Vanished, is out. And so we're doing these intros in the beginning of the Talking to Death episode. We're breaking down that. So if you, if you haven't heard Up and Vanished, go check that out. But yeah, we're coming back. We never left you. We always loved you. And please, you know, talk to us. Send us an email, like follow us on social media at High Strange. Tell us what you think. And we may or may not respond. <laughs> we'll post this jellyfish UFO video on the Instagram, the High Strange Instagram. Um, it is it is weird looking. It's like I don't I don't know what it looks like. It doesn't look like a traditional UFO in the way that you are probably imagining it. It looks like some <laughs> looks like a jellyfish. Well, like, have you seen the the peanut butter one? The what? The peanut but the peanut butter? Is this a is this a bad joke? <laughs> it's a bad joke. <laughs> okay, well, what's the punchline? Yeah, yeah, can't wait. When does it get funny? <laughs> well, it's the peanut butter <laughs> incident and the jellyfish incident. Oh my! The peanut butter. God, and wow, that's hilarious. God, this is how this is. We went too long. You know, we talked for too long. We have fried our brains, everybody. Um, but no, in all seriousness, thank you for being patient with us. We love you guys, and we will see you very soon. Go check out Talking to Death. The Jeremy Corbell interview is all about UFOs, and I know you'll love it. Thanks. Thank you for being a friend. Thanks. For the spaceship, now I'm a space cadet. Big white mansion in my habitat. Aim right at stage like a laser tag. Fuck a wish, never written set. Smoke a lot of trees, need a weed plant. Did take a lean where the lean at Sleeping on these jeans is a beanbag Got red going jeans cause I'm cool right She know she was overseas, they were pan leather Shop in Tokyo, Japan, they the best of Blue bear t-shirt, sleeve vanilla Hard top, turn the vert, riding any weather Ain't got a bend down, this ain't a propeller Man, we spent a dime, coppin' Gucci sweaters Said it's drippin', drippin' like a nine helper
the guys, we are not the devil. High Strange is an eight-part series released weekly for free every Thursday. But if you'd like to binge the whole series right now, you can. Subscribe to Tinderfoot Plus on Apple Podcasts to get all the episodes right now. Follow the show on TikTok and Instagram at High Strange. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Payne Lindsay. If you have your own UFO story, email us at tips at highstrange.com. High Strange is a production by Tenderfoot TV in association with Cadence 13. Created, hosted, and edited by myself, Payne Lindsay. Executive producers are myself and Donald Albright. Editing by Mike Rooney, Cooper Skinner, and myself. Original score by Makeup and Vanity Set. Sound design, mixing, and mastering by Cooper Skinner. Additional production by Mike Rooney, Dylan Harrington, Eric Quintana, Sean Nerney, Meredith Stedman, and Sydney Evans. Our cover art is by Polygon. This episode features the song Space Cadet by Metro Boomin featuring Gunna, written by Wesley Tyre Glass, Sergio Kitchens, Leland Tyler Wayne, Alan Ritter, and Jacques Webster, performed by Metro Boomin featuring Gunna, courtesy of Republic Records, under license from Universal Music Enterprises for Metro Boomin and 300 Entertainment for Gunna. Special thanks to Oren Rosenbaum and the whole team at UTA, the Nord Group, Station 16, Beck Media and Marketing, as well as Chris Corcoran and the team at Cadence 13. Check out the show's website at highstrange.com. And if you're enjoying the show, please help us out by rating and reviewing the podcast and share it with your friends. Thanks for listening. High Strange is an eight-part series. If you'd like to binge the whole series right now, ad-free, you can. Subscribe to Tenderfoot Plus on Apple Podcasts. You know that science solves crimes. Forensic science is exciting, challenging, and most of all, rewarding work. But there is a shortage of qualified individuals in this field. Hi, I'm Terry with Loyola University, Maryland's Forensic Science Department. Loyola is one of the only colleges in the country offering advanced degrees in forensic pattern analysis and biological forensics. Our courses, taught by forensic experts, feature hands-on training and small class sizes. They are based on real crime scene and forensic examiner training programs to ensure you are ready to make a difference. Our programs are open to students from a variety of academic backgrounds because we believe everyone can contribute to solving crimes. So what are you waiting for? Discover the excitement of forensic science at Loyola University, Maryland. Visit loyola.edu forward slash forensic for more information. That's loyola.edu forward slash forensic because you are ready to make a difference. Join one of Loyola University, Maryland's forensic science programs today.